0: to see all of you this morning. Let's stand and worship the Lord.
1: Yeah, Jesus <laughs> is on way to the blood for pure grace. Thanks. Yeah.
0: them being gathered together with like-minded believers. It's so good to see all of you this morning. I pray you've had a good week, and uh, let me be the first to tell you, you're starting the next week off right, and uh, it's going to be a good one for sure. I want to welcome those that are viewing uh, today by Facebook, by uh, Christian World Media, and uh, I think we have those viewing from West Virginia, North Carolina, Texas, New York and Kansas. So uh, welcome to the service. And I've got just a couple of announcements. Hopefully you picked up a bulletin on your way in. If not, grab one on your way out. Everything that's going on is in the bulletins. There will be no more of you Mondays tomorrow evening. Um, They're switching some things up and uh, trying some new things uh, for the youth. So it's going to be Boys and Girls Bible Study on January the 30th. That's a Saturday. And the girls are gonna be at uh, the apartment with Melissa and the boys are gonna be back in the back with Terrence. And uh, so mark your calendars if you have uh, teenagers, uh, I would say from 12 up uh, that want to come and be a part of these Bible studies. Uh, I know they will be greatly blessed and strengthened and uh, just building those lifelong relationships. And, uh, and that's what it's about. So January the 30th at 6 p.m. And uh, I'll continue to announce it and it'll be in the bulletin. Uh, the youth are actually doing a fundraiser. Uh, they are selling tickets uh, to burger Steakhouse, a chance to win a $100 gift card. So you can purchase a ticket for $10, and then we will do the drawing on Valentine's Day uh, on February the 14th, so see Terrence and Melissa after the service, they have the tickets, and uh, I mean, $10 for the chance at a $100 gift card, to lime burgers. You know, that's, that's pretty good. Um, if you haven't been there before, I encourage you to go. It's great food. It's a great steakhouse. Uh, Thursday of this week, uh, have a little talk with Jesus. We'll be at the home of Liz Fields at 1 p.m. So ladies, uh, if you are able to go and be a part of that, I encourage you to. You will be blessed. Uh, what do you do there? You get together, you talk about the goodness of the Lord, and you pray one for another. Um, They just take the needs of the church, those needs that they're made aware of, and they just take them to the Lord in prayer, and it is a great time. So I encourage you, if you're able to do that, um, Liz is viewing online. I've got a hair, and it's driving me crazy (laughs) in my eye. Liz is viewing online, uh, but I can get you her address if you've never been before, Um, but it is a great time in the Lord. Don't forget to mark your calendars looking ahead. We are so excited to have Paris and Mary Beth Reagan with us. That's going to be on March the 6th and the 7th. That's a Saturday and Sunday, two services only. Saturday will be at 7 p.m. and then Sunday morning at 10 30, and we are just believing the Lord for great services, a great great outpouring of his spirit, and uh, if you've heard Paris preach before, you know how anointed he is. I encourage you, go on SBM's website. You can look him up. He's one of the associate pastors there, and uh, listen to some of his sermons, and you will be blessed. So mark your calendars now to be a part of that. Uh, And then lastly, as you're standing to your feet. Uh, We've got several that need prayer. Um, This morning, I'm asking for prayer for Melanie Satterfield. She's got some six doctor's appointments this week, and she just needs the Lord uh, to intervene, to move mightily on her behalf, and I know that he will uh, continue to uh, lift up Bobby and Bobby Joe. I got a text this morning from Bobby Joe that they've had to increase some medicine with Bobby, um, not doing as well as he was last week, uh, but again, we know that God is able, and we want his will, and Bobby wants the Lord's will in his life, um, so just pray for that family. Pray for protection, for wisdom, for strength, for guidance, um, and I will continue to keep you updated with that, and then some of you may have seen, you may uh, Jessica Thomas, uh, her friend, uh, her name is Kansas Westray, her son, Quentin Marshall, eight years old passed away um, this morning with cancer and I please pray for that family I can't imagine what they're going through Uh, but this mom and reading her post has been so strong and just so thankful for the time that the Lord allowed her to be his mother And just watching his journey, his fight, and knowing now that he is resting in the arms of Jesus. He's rejoicing. There's no more pain. There's no more sickness. And that's where I want to be. Amen. That's where we want to be this morning. So as we go to the Lord in prayer, I want you to ask the Lord to prepare your hearts this morning to receive all that he has for you. He's a good father. And he's got good things in store for us. And we've just got to make ourselves available to receive those things from Him. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We come to you right now in the strong and mighty name of Jesus I thank you Lord that you haven't left us as orphans Lord but that you're here with us right now Lord your word tells us that you are near to the brokenhearted, and Lord we know that you are near to these families that I just mentioned Lord we pray for your healing virtue to flow over each and every one and right now Lord oh right now Lord we're asking for a spirit of worship to come in this house Lord that we would begin to praise you and worship you, for you are worthy of all of our praise, Lord. Let us lift up clean hands to you this day, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
1: God!
2: above every name don't know what you can't be bringing I know some maybe with a heavy heart some maybe you're worried but I can tell you if you will lift up the name of Jesus begin to praise him and exalt him for who he is the other things don't matter focus on him today and, and honor him for who he is there's something when the saints of God come together and begin to lift up and exalt the name of Jesus and praise Him for who He is for Him I want to ask if just the women could sing that again let's just raise our hands and praise Him this morning for who He is just the women sing And lift your voice in it. voice and sing hallelujah. this world, there are people searching, they're hungry, they're desperate desperate for answers, they're grabbing at anything they can imagine, but I want to tell you, if you are a child of God, if you are saved and born again, you have what they need. You have in you what they need, and that is Christ Jesus. This morning, I came expecting to be changed. I came expecting to not only be changed but challenged by the word of god because i've been challenged all week long and i ask this question often when is the last time that you were challenged personally by the word of god in your personal study i'm not here today to 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 throw rocks or anything of that nature but i am here to proclaim the gospel of jesus christ And I believe that the Lord has been, I know He has been doing great things, and I believe that there are great things ahead, but I also believe that there's a time of reckoning and repentance needed in the church as a whole. Because we've looked to everywhere, every way, every situation, every uh, person that's known to man for what could or may happen. We've weighed out this or that scenario, I can tell you there is one certain scenario there is one thing certain and that's Christ will return for his bride. Period. So as we begin to uh, or, or receive our tithe and offering, I also want you to take that time to ask the Lord to search your heart. Uh, remove any distractions that that may arise. Take the time to silence your phone and do the things that you need to do and Unwrap those never-ending wrapping papers of uh, candy and all of those things. But I believe the Lord is going to move mightily in our presence today. Lord, we thank you for this time together. gather. We thank you for your word that's already been sent. But Lord, we know that, that you are going to change us, that we're going to be challenged by your word. And I pray that today we not be distracted, but we be focused on you. I pray that you bless the tithe and the offering we're going to receive. Let us be good stewards of what you blessed us with. We give you honor and praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The Children's Church will be dismissed after I'm telling you, every week I get tangled up in these cords. You would think after seven years I would learn how to do this, but uh, if you know me, that's not a surprise to you. It's been a good week. It's been a... It seems like every week goes by faster and faster. Um, I'm not... My plan is not to get loud and and, uh, excited today. I can't promise that, but uh, I almost... uh, I don't really know what term to use. Stripped the gear last week, and my throat was killing me all week long. Uh, sore, I strained the muscles around my voice box, and so um, I'm trying to. I'm not trying to. I need this thing. Uh, Some may wish that otherwise sometimes, but uh, you know, I, I had great great sympathy from Jason. I went uh, the other day to get something from. him. He says, "Cause you run your mouth too much," and. Uh, <laughs> There's probably some truth in that. Um, so the Lord has been laying on my heart for quite some time, and I thought I would begin this next week. I have never preached a series ever. I've preached on the Word, through the Word, and I've never considered anything to be a series of messages, but uh, you, you can't Google and find this, or maybe you can, I don't know, maybe the title, but not what I have, but I didn't get from uh, Sermon Central or Sermon Spice or... Or, or series.com or whatever other thing they may have that come from the Lord. And something that's been on my heart, and it's been on there for a while, and uh, it's, it's simply a word, and it's distracted. The word distracted, and uh, Jason wanted to know what picture I want. I was like, right there, man, this is great. This actually has a title on there. It says, The Art of Minding Your Own Business, but the man is not distracted. He's a regardless of what's going on. So I want to, uh, uh, we're going to be literally uh, through the word over these next several weeks. And today we'll cover from Genesis to Revelation. Not all, I mean I'm not going to quote every verse because we would be here for quite some time and we all get hungry. But uh, there has never been a time in, in history that the word of God is needed more than right now. There's never been a time in, well there It's always been needed, but it's needed now. There has never been a time in history where people have not run to the Lord when tragedy or chaos or trouble comes, except for right now. We have half a nation against the other half, divided by politics and people and things and ideas and ideologies. And we scream unity, and we want harmony, and we want peace and love. And I want to tell you something. I don't care how many coexist stickers you ever sell. It's not going to happen. There is only unity found in one place, and that is in Christ. So if you're wondering where we're going to be, we're going to be in Genesis a lot this morning. We're going to go all the way back. And while you're turning there, Genesis 5 while you're turning there, I, I want to. I brought this out before, but it's a, it's funny that they say the average person now has an attention span of eight seconds, one second short of a goldfish. A goldfish. I don't know who did this study. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not even watching a goldfish for eight seconds or nine seconds. But apparently, we have a shorter attention span than a goldfish right now, and it's because everything has been has come up, and it, it creates distraction. I know that I'm not a very patient person. Things don't go fast enough for me. I don't like computers because I don't know how to work them, and then when they don't work right, I just I want to throw them out the door. But if I could sum up the mindset of this nation, and I'm not, not necessarily the nation, but the church... If I could sum it up uh, in one word since March 2020, and it did, not just since March, but it's been happening for years, the one word that has been ringing in my spirit, again, I already mentioned it, is the word distracted. And distracted simply means that you're unable to concentrate because one's mind is preoccupied. It's no secret that uh, I've never been diagnosed by a doctor, but my, I don't have a great attention span and Uh, you guys know that I'll take you on all kinds of trails. We'll lead back to the place that it needs to go, but that's just how it is. But it didn't start nine months ago. It started years ago. It started decades ago. So I want to, over the next several weeks, however long it may take, I want to address of what and why we're distracted and what we're distracted with. And that list could go on for eternity, and I'll stay here in this place until I feel the Lord leads a different direction but I want us to go all the way back to Noah and to this morning I said tonight this morning we're going to lay some groundwork some history because I want you to understand we're not the first people in history to go through an evil day I want to go all the way back to Genesis and talk about Noah because Noah was the opposite of what this word is distracted he was focused and we know, or we may we have a basic understanding or a basic knowledge of Noah, we think we do, of who he was, who he is, and what transpired, and if you don't, you will. Uh, not that I'm going to take you all the way through Noah, I told Noah uh, six years or so ago, seven years ago. But he was born about 60 to 70 years after the death of Adam. And he lived uh, 600 years before the flood, and he lived 350 years after the flood. No, lived 950 years, and that's just insane to me. I don't know what in the world it would be like to be 95 on 950 years old. (laughs) What do you do do when you're. I mean, I'm going to go running today for my 950th birthday. (laughs) I don't know, but our minds can't comprehend that because they just don't know he preached, and I want you to, he preached for a number of years. How many years he preached, how long it took to prepare the ark, we don't, no man knows the exact number. We can guess, we can speculate. But he preached a message of repentance and turning, turning from your way, turning to the Lord. And he was was warning people of the wrath to come, of what was coming. He was telling them what to do. And not one single person listened. Not one person was saved except for he and his family. Not one. So don't ever estimate or don't ever base the effectiveness of the word according to the response of people. Those that are in ministry, you can get up here and you can strip a gear in your throat and you can preach your heart out and they look at you like you are a a dinosaur or, or something. Do not ever, don't ever base the effectiveness of God's word upon the response of people. Because Noah preached for until he was told to enter the ark and told people exactly what was going to happen. Not one person listened, not one person heeded, not one person was saved. But Noah was counted faithful. So he witnessed the death of an entire uh, population, entire uh, human race, rather. And at that time, it was estimated to be between 300 and 400 million people. Noah witnessed this. And I can't imagine the thoughts and the the desperation that was going through he and his family's mind. He watched people literally drown and try to reach and, and climb up the ark. He noted that during the time of the antediluvian age, and we'll hit that in a moment, the period that's approximately 1,600 years before the flood, he noted that there was not one thing worth saving. Not one thing. So the Lord took all of that away. So Noah was the third oldest man in, in, in recorded throughout the Word of God, history, if you will. Methuselah, 969. The first, Jared, 962. And then Noah. 950 years of life. And he was counted faithful. But he preached and he warned and he he pleaded with people to come to the Lord, to turn to the Lord. So we're not the first generation of people to live in an evil and crazy and trying world. You're not the first who's ever faced, faced persecution. You're not the first person who's ever been told to shut your mouth. You're not the first person who has never been listened to. So we have to know, and I want you to understand where we're going, because I want you, I want to lay this groundwork, and you've got to get this, because this is where we are. How do you evaluate Noah's life? Uh, McIntosh, a commentator, he he measured or answered it well, and he said we have to look at Noah in two ways, namely one as a type, Christ, and as a man. While the type is full of beauty and meaning, Noah's life, faithfulness, and and a good steward, and, and he literally was used to save what was left or remained of population that was full of beauty and meaning, but the man is full of sin and folly. The Holy Spirit has written these words Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. So I I, I brought this term up, and I I, I came across this term many years ago, the antediluvian, or antediluvian, and I like to say it because I think it sounds crazy. I don't know what they'll call our age or or whatever, but antediluvian times two, maybe, I I don't know. But that era, to to understand, we have to understand this age, this era of people, this perverse, wicked, and, and and adulterous time. The antediluvian refers again to the preceding 1600 years to the flood, the time frame from Adam to the flood. To understand this, to understand the evilness and the corrupt nature of this time, you've got to understand Adam. Because we just think Adam was in the garden strolling with Eve, and we know that he ate, and when I was a kid it was always an apple, but it's just the fruit. What fruit? I don't know. But we have to understand what created all of this distraction. In Genesis 5 and verse 3, you're there 5 verse 3, and Adam lived 130 years and he begat sons in his own likeness. And after his image and called his name Seth. So it was God's plan for Adam and Eve from creation from the beginning of time for Adam and Eve for all of mankind who would follow that man and woman to live eternally. To live in harmony, to live in peace. And to think of this, before sin entered the world, cats and dogs didn't chase each other. Lions weren't hunting whatever they hunt. <laughs> I don't know why banana came to my mind, but I know they think lions climb banana trees. If they do, video that and you'll probably be rich. <laughs> but the banana-eating lion. But anyway... Everything lived in harmony and peace. So it was God's intention for man, woman, to live eternal. But due to the fall, Adam could only beget, begot or have children in his image, his likeness, which is sin, the sin nature. You're born in sin. We don't like to hear this. We don't like to talk about this. We don't like to because it makes people feel bad. Well, I'm a good person. Are you? Go keep the nursery. Jessica's in there right now. Your kid's in there, they're probably trying to steal something from the other one. You didn't teach them. They just do it. It's the nature. It's there. It's that that selfish desire that's there. So so Adam and Eve, they fell, or, or, or Adam fell, but due to the fall, he begat sons or had children in his own likeness. So after his image, Adam no longer had the image of God. Sin entered in. It was His likeness in His image. So you were born a sinner, and this condition can only be addressed, not by programs, not by self-help books, not by will, not by knowledge, but only by the blood of Jesus Christ. So the number of born-again believers in this entire world, then and now, is very small in comparison to the total population. So the world which is mostly evil will not be changed until the second coming of Christ. When you read in Habakkuk 2, verse 14, this refers to this. It says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the Word of God is everywhere. You can Google something and type Bible, and it'll pull it up. Whatever. You want to find something quick? Say, uh, Noah, Bible, or whatever. I don't know. Or duck, duck, Go or Bing, or, or, or whatever other. I don't know what all they have. Whatever you choose to use that's not tracking you down, I guess, is the thing now. So the knowledge of the Word of God is everywhere, but the heeding to that knowledge is very little. The heeding and the the following of God's and the application of God's Word is very little. So Adam had a son, Seth. Seth means an appointed, not anointed, appointed one. Not the promised one, but that through his line the promised one would come. We know Christ was fully God and fully man. Luke 3 and 38 says, Which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So just think approximately 4,000 years after or before the promised one, Jesus would come, God in his mercy and his grace still allowed Adam and Eve to have a role. The lineage remained intact, but the world uh, was, was faithless. The people of the world today are, and as a whole, are faithless. So we've seen long periods of time. When you read and study your word, you'll see the rise and fall of the church, if you will, comes up and goes down because of distraction. Because they didn't get their way. They didn't get what they wanted. It didn't happen the way they would prefer it to. And we know that through all of this, and it's, it's brought to the forefront right now, but we know that Saul was not intended to be king, but that's what the people wanted, so that's what God gave him. He was king, David was still anointed. And before you, I'm not saying anointed and all that, I'm just saying the Bible. We're talking Bible, not politics. So, so Genesis 5 and 4, the, the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, and, and he begat sons and daughters. So, so man was originally, again, created to live for a long time or eternal. The tree of life in the garden or the middle of the garden for that very purpose. Some are mentioned to hit this very uh, quickly a uh, Wednesday night, but it will be brought back during the coming kingdom age, and Ezekiel 47 and verse 12 refers to that. But then it will be brought back eternally and referred to in Revelation 22. So we went from Genesis to Revelation already. <laughs> 22 too. 2. And I, and I hope you write these scriptures down because you need to read these and you need to study these and you need to understand what's going on. But it's sin that brought death. So when man died spiritually, man began to die physically. When the spiritual uh, being of a man was born in sin, death crept in and death is still here. So we find up to the flood a period of about 1,600 years and then men lived to be astonishing ages. And it took sin nearly a 1,000 years to decrease or take effect on or wear down uh, what God had miraculously created. So about 400 years after the flood, some 2,000 years after creation, Abraham lived to be 175. I'm taking you on a journey. Be patient with me and hold on. Genesis 5, uh, 25 and 7 tells us Abraham lived to be 175. So the ages of men started gradually dropping. Anybody in here 175? Ricky. it's awesome, <laughs> We don't hear of that anymore. Sin. It's not. I'm not going to go into this, but we say we're promised 120 years. That's not the number that you're promised that you could have. Sin wears down the body. I've graduated school with people, and I might not look like a little spring chicken anymore, but they look 175. But it's because of sin. Sin will wear you out. So the ages of man began to start dropping, and and David even died at the age of 70. Longevity will be restored during the coming kingdom age, and the curse of death will be lifted from earth. So you'll live forever by what God had originally intended, the tree of life. Genesis 5, verse 5. It says, In all the days of Adam lived, they were 930 years. But look at the last three words that follow his his life. And he died. Where does it all come from? Well, Romans 5 and verse 12 tells us, By one man sin entered in through Adam, the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So this is the origin or origin of death. It came again through and by sin. Sin broke the link between eternity of man to God. It broke that link. So now death has dominion over men. Hear me clear. We will, if the Lord doesn't take us in in, in the rapture, we will die. It's there. You're not going to live forever. I don't care what you injected to your body, and I don't care if you put yourself in a hyperbaric chamber or whatever they may be. You're going to die one day. It's all due to sin. So sin that's there, but sin by the blood of Jesus Christ, that, that dominion that it ruled your life has been broken. 6 and 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. The effects of sin are still there. They won't go away until we're glorified. So there can be no fellowship between God and man, but through and in the power of life, which is found in the cross. So, but man is under the power of death on natural ground, so if that's the the power that they are on natural ground, but then you are saved, you are gloriously saved, the, 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 the sentence, the penalty, the curse has been broken. This mortal body may not last forever, but I'll be glorified and live eternally. So there can be no fellowship between light and darkness, holiness and evil. Just and unjust. Right or wrong. There can be no fellowship. That's why people are trying to no avail to bring about unity and harmony. But fellowship can't happen between two opposites. I didn't believe my science teacher when I was in school, shocker, that uh, opposite or, or, or two, uh, is it the same sides of a magnet won't stick to each other. I'm like, I'm going to prove her wrong. I tried for like the whole class. I don't even know what she said after that. I tried the entire class to get those two to stick. And I would flip them over and I'd rub them on each other. It just wouldn't work. It's just a law that's not going to change So Seth, the promised one, he lived 912 years, and guess what? He died. So hold on with me. We're laying a lot of groundwork because we need to get this. In Genesis 5, you're there, 6 through 20. We're going to read it. It's okay. The lunch will be there in a little bit. Genesis 5, and I flipped to chapter 6, I don't know why. Genesis 5. 6 through 20 said, And Seth lived 105 years, and he begat Enos. Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years. Hoorah! He died. Verse 9, And Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 905 years. Woo! And he died. Verse 12, and Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalil, or or however you say his name, Mahalil. Man, we are not naming our kid that. And Canaan lived after he begat that crazy name 840 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Canaan were 110 years. But guess what? He died. Mahalil. How do you say that name? Mahalil. Maybe they were Hawaiian. I don't know. Lived 65 years and he begat Jared and and Mahalil. Mahalil, I'm going to learn how to say that name and I'm going to say it tonight. Lived after he begat Jared 830 years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Mahalil. Mahalil. (laughs) I'm getting worse every time. Maybe I'll just say the M name. Who? You think that's right? I think you're wrong, but we'll see. <laughs> it sounds better than mine. <laughs> Mahalalil. Hey, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, the, they, the, all those years were, were along, and, and, but, but he died. Verse 18, Jared lived 162 years and begat Enoch. And Jared lived, and after he begat Enoch, 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 962 years. And he died. What are you telling all this for? Because it doesn't matter how many years you live, it does not matter from what generation you come from, what lineage your family is attached to. If you were not covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, that's all that will ever be said. And he died. Because there is only one thing that's recorded in the Word of God, and that's faith. All the great names, all the great people, all the people who came through all these years, all this time, 1600 years, leading up to this, the antediluvian age. Only two people were counted righteous. Two. What about Noah? Well, Noah lived before and after. We're talking about two people. So other than Enoch, which we know, there's no biblical... A uh, 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 record that any of these men other than Enoch and, and, and Abel were, were, were saved their names are recorded but they died why? because of distraction I could imagine how much I would be distracted if I were 962 years old yeah. can you imagine the technology that advanced so we got fire. <laughs> Look, you can rub two sticks together. This is awesome. I mean, what did he tell his kids? So, when I was a kid, you couldn't strike this off a box. We had to rub sticks together. We didn't have shoes for crying out loud. Nobody made them yet. We weren't smart enough to realize to wrap our feet with anything. Oh, but it doesn't matter. He died. Chapter 6 of Genesis, we find the opposite of a faithful society. We find a faithless one. Chapter 6 is really in correlation with today's society. Not just America, the world. There are actually only, again, two men listed in the Bible who lived for God before the flood. Again, Abel, who was murdered by his brother Cain, and Enoch, who, who was tra- or translated means did not see death. Two. Two out of of people. Two. And we think we're good because we come to church. But only eight people got on that boat. Well, brother, I got a chair. I teach Sunday school. My name's written down on Sunday. We got a pew named after my family. I don't care. Nobody else does either. What's going to be said about you after you die? So, out of the hundreds of millions of people that lived, and out of those 1600 years, again, two were only recorded as living for God. And that blows my mind. Noah and his family did, they lived again before, but they lived after. So, the only thing that the Holy Spirit records is faith. All of the men recorded by Moses in Genesis 5 6 through 20 all had the same thing in common. They all. Again, doesn't matter what they say about you. I want it to be said of me as it was of Enoch. He had faith. Faith. But hear me clear. The faith's got to be properly anchored. Right now, a lot of people are going to have faith or no faith. I'm on the no faith side. Genesis 5, 21-24 says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and he begat Methuselah, and Enoch walked with God. And after he begat Methuselah three hundred years, he begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 365. But here's something different. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. For God took him. So in converted, he, he converted after he had Methuselah at the age of 65, and he walked with God some 300 years. So that name Methuselah means the deluge, the deluge, the flood. We're, we're, we're getting there. Hold on. So that shall not be sent until he's dead. Just a few weeks after Methuselah's death, the flood destroyed the entire earth. Enoch must have been, or he must have told of the flood that was to come. He must have told Methuselah what your name means. Adam was still alive at this time. Noah was born approximately 100 years after Enoch was taken by God. And there's no doubt that Methuselah had told Noah of the revelation that Enoch was given about the flood. And not only was he told, it was confirmed when the Lord told Noah to build the ark. I told you back in March, the Lord dropped in my spirit, Noah built the ark anyway. We need to stay focused on what's to come, not even what's going on right now. Enoch walked with God, and after he met Methuselah 300 years, so Enoch was the seventh generation from Adam. And I find it interesting that the that seventh generation from Adam, that death did not triumph over him. We know that the, in the Bible and that... That seven is the, the number of completion. In it walked with God, and this separated him from others. Just as it was then, it is now, the spirit of the world, which is the devil, is opposed to the spirit of God. So when they think that, they, that you think, well, they're telling people this good stuff, if they're not covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, it's for an alternative reason. Or alternate reason. To walk with God. You've got to separate yourself. A better way. A better place. A better world if you will. And he lived in the power of it. He walked with God. Can I tell you that his faith was not given to him. To improve the world. But rather to walk with God. The faith that you have in Christ. Is not to improve the world. But that you may walk with the Lord. Because I can promise you you cannot fix the world. You go try. I'll fix this. Especially me and we're fixers. Or we try to be. And I'm a I'm a terror upper and then a fixer. (laughs) It caused more damage than I started with. So a $5 fix turns out to 17 trips to Lowe's and $400 later. That's just... But anyway, our faith, we think, is to make us improve the world. There's only one hope for the world, and it's not you. It's Christ. It's who your faith is in. But we've been distracted for years because we think, if I become a better believer, I'm going to do better things, and therefore, in turn, those around me are going to be better people. It's probably what those, those 6 through 20, that lineage through there, thought too. But nothing was recorded, but they died. So to walk with God it involves the knowledge of God's character as His revealed in His Word and the knowledge of the revelation in regards to how we stand to Him. Gen, uh, John 15, 5, I didn't put it up. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So I don't care how good we call ourselves, how well we are, or, or much we know, or what Without Christ, we can do nothing. We're just walking. Sometimes our walk with God carries carry us away from, hear me close, away from friends. Why? Because they don't walk with Him. Again, light and darkness have nothing in common. <laughs> it's just like when we're saved and glorious and miraculously saved that our, our sin is is as far as east is from west. And, and the scientific thing behind that, when you send something again east and west, they will never intersect again, because the axis and the rotation of the world is just crazy. But this is how the Lord works. It's by faith that we walk with God. So we find in Abel and Enoch a valuable instruments or valuable instruction, and sacrifice and faith that rests solely in Christ. So the church, like Enoch, will be taken away from the evil around and the evil come. What a glorious day. Enoch was not, not around to, to witness the total destruction of the earth. He saw not the fountains of the great deep broken up. He didn't see any of it, but he was faithful and he walked with God. He was taken before these things occurred. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52 says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. How fast? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the loud for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. I hope you come to leave changed today. behind the man who walked with God and witnessed for God and pleased God at the, at the end of his days, you did not find those three words, and he died, he was not. So prior to the fall, God walked with man, and after the fall, man walked with God. But now in Christ, you walk in Him. You walk in Him. Because the Word of God tells us, in Him we live and move and have our being. So without faith, Hebrews 11 and 6 tells us something. It's impossible. You know what the Greek for impossible is? I don't either, but it's impossible. You thought I was going to throw something smart on you, huh? It means it ain't going to happen. No chance. It's impo- I don't care how well you dance, how loud you shout, how good you sing, how well you can play an instrument, how big your smile is, how white your teeth are or how straight your hair is, or whatever it may be. Nothing's going to please God except for faith in His provision, which is Jesus Christ. But we've been distracted by things of the world. Because now we have implemented all the things of the world to please God. It's only faith that Him. So think of this. Methuselah, the oldest person to ever live, his very name meant it shall be sent when he is dead, the flood. He was a walking time clock. He was a living time clock, an alarm, a living alarm. And nobody paid attention. And the year that he died, the flood came. And Moses concluded the account of Methuselah's life by saying the same three words. And he died. The fact That Methuselah did not know the Lord is absolute proof of the fictitious teaching or belief in generational salvation or associated salvation. Your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life because your daddy was a preacher. Or your great-grandfather was a patriarch in the church. It's a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if it were so, Who was Methuselah's dad? Enoch. Or Enoch, however you say it. Enoch was not. He was taken with God. But Methuselah died. The son of Enoch, and he he walked with God, the grandfather of Noah. John John 3, and verse 3 says, Jesus answered, and he said to them, Verily, verily, I say, This is Jesus Christ speaking. I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This don't will a lot of people. Well, I'm a good person. A lot of good people that will cut your throat. That don't mean anything. There's one way to be born again. Can I tell you through Lakeside Church, the... Uh, as a whole, in in, in Yakinville, there was three souls saved last week. Connie Bailey's brother was saved last week. And then a little 12, I think it was 12, a little girl saved at her home last week because she began to read the Bible. And the grandmother asked her, I think it was, I may be telling it wrong, if she wanted to be saved. Yes. So in Genesis 5, verses 28 through 32, uh, we, we read and we find Of Noah, and and we are now introduced to Noah, whose name means rest. Isn't it amazing how beautiful the Bible is, how well-orchestrated the Word of God is, and how just much the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing? Because in a time of turmoil, a time of chaos, a time of evil, a time of trouble, a time that nobody listened to anybody, Noah and his family, Noah's very name meant rest, would find rest in Christ in the ark. So, Noah's name meant rest. His own father isn't even recorded to have known the Lord. So in 1600 years, there was nothing worth saving. Nothing worth saving. Genesis 6, verse 8, Noah comes on the scene and says this, But Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. was evil. The world now is evil. So I want you to understand we here today, 2021 why are you talking about something that come before the flood? Because it was introduced through distraction. Adam and Eve. Adam was deceived or Eve was deceived. Adam was not. Adam blatantly rejected the word of God. Why? Because he was distracted by self to know what could be. So, distraction has what has created all of this that we are in right here, right now, in 2021. Has tried to fix everything. The only thing that's going to fix anything is the blood of Jesus Christ. So, I want you to turn with me now. And I, I, we're, we're winding down here because I'm just laying groundwork. I want you to turn with me in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37. But stay in 24 because we're going to hit a couple of things real quick. It says, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. I just introduced to you and I laid out for you what was going on in the days of Noah. Right now, we think it's okay to murder unborn children. Because it's a person's choice. But, you can't preach the name of Jesus. Because you don't have a choice, according to that. We think that it's okay to meet and justify and twist and manipulate the Word of God... To make it fit because today's time is just different. So was it. But guess what God did? I'll take care of what they will not. I want to tell you something. That Christ is coming again. And while we're being distracted over petty junk. I've said it before. Don't sweat the things and don't pet the sweaty things. Don't. You'll remember that. <laughs> Verse 38, Matthew 24, For as in the days uh, that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, and until the day of Noah entered into the ark. Verse 39 through 44, And knew not, uh, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of Son of Man be. Noah pleaded, and he begged, and he, and he did all he could, but nobody would listen. The same thing is going on today. So, uh, then two shall be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in that watch that the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. There's so many things in life that will distract you. And while you're looking at the political realm or the stock market, trying to figure out how to pad your pockets or save your right, Gabriel could be getting ready trumpet. So I want to tell you that you have to remain faithful and do not get distracted. Do not lose focus. Look at what I could do. Well, maybe next time I'll run for office. Well, maybe next time in the gospel. Don't let it be said, and he died, or and she died. But let it be said of God Almighty, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So we are in uncertain times. We don't know what's going to happen up but one thing again is certain christ is coming about the love of god and how their life could change and it's by it's christ people are falling away they're turning away they're going they have separated themselves from church again distraction. Listen, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe in all of these things, but I do believe that distraction has been sent by the devil. Deception is his greatest tool. Our church has become divided, not ours, but as a whole over masks. People won't come because we can't follow all the mandates. That's your decision. But while you're mad at that, people are dying and going to hell. It's just the real deal. This is what's going on. So, again, the certainty is that Christ will return. You are not responsible. And I put this on a post the other day. You are not responsible for who will receive the gospel. But you are responsible for not sharing it. So in Matthew 23, or 24, I'm sorry, the praise the worship team can make their way on up. I want you to say, "Focus! Don't be distracted while they're walking. Try hard not to. But verses 3 through 14. Talking about the signs of the end time. Verse 3 says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, uh, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And, he, and what shall be the sign of your coming?" And of the end of the world. And Jesus answered and he said to him, Take man that no man deceive you. Distraction. For many shall come in my name saying I am Christ. And shall deceive many. I want to tell you something. There's been a lot of YouTube prophets popping up. And a lot of people And thus saith the Lord. They'll have to answer for that. I'm not saying any of them aren't true, but I'm I'm telling you, and we jump all over it. What if we shared the gospel as quickly as we did a so-called prophecy that made us feel good? Verse 6, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all of these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of nations for my name's sake. Then many shall be offended, and they shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Many false prophets again shall, shall rise and shall deceive many. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he who shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. And I tell you, nothing is to take place except for the trumpet of God to sound. And I want to tell you right now, I don't know where you find yourself. I don't know how you find yourself. But I can tell you, if you're distracted, it's time to get back. focus. there may be people sitting in here and there may be people watching do not, that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Or maybe you've turned your back and walked away. I want to tell you something. While you've been distracted, and many of us have, Christ is coming, and if you're not ready, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. That may be seen blunt and harsh, and I love all of you guys, and all of you guys, enough to tell you that today is the day of salvation. Because the distraction has held you too long. I don't worry about what's going on. In fact, I rejoice because I know that Christ is soon to come. I want you to stand in this place, and I feel led this morning to ask you a question. And I don't believe it embarrassing anyone, but if you're not one hundred percent that if Christ were to return now, or this service is over, that you spend eternity in, in 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 heaven with with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to make your way to this altar. Because today is the greatest day of your life could be if you allow the Lord to change you. If 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 Lord, I, I've been distracted and and I I just need you Lord, to to cleanse my mind, really, to renew my mind. I want you to make your way to this altar. Because right now is a time that's perilous. It's a time that's crazy. And it's a time that the world needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. They sing, and if that's you, if you need something from the Lord, I want you to come. we are glad to pray with you. But I want to tell you, if you don't know Him, do not leave this place. Do not let this day end without you receiving and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You might be saying, well, how in the world do I do that? Admit one, I'm a sinner. I just laid it out, we're all sinful by nature, and I'm in need of thee, not a the Savior Jesus Christ. Two, believe that He is the Son of God, He is who He says He is, and His blood is still you even all your wretchedness. (laughs) And three, just confess Him as Lord and Savior in my heart. It's that easy. And your life changes forever. So all want you to come today as they sing. We'll be glad to pray with you. There's no greater miracle in the history of this world than that of a heart being changed. Go ahead and sing. Something that's a dangerous thing, and it's pride. And pride will distract you from reality. And I want to tell you that there is not one in here, not one, including myself, who has it together. None of us. We're at where the rubber beats the road, for lack of better terms. And basically the line has been drawn. Which side do you stand? We'll get into this tonight, but literally the door of the ark is open. And he's saying, come in. Come in. Come in before it's too late. And I want to tell you, there'll be scores, tens of millions of people in in the eternity, in hell, saying, I wish I would have listened. Listen, you call me crazy, call me a fool, call me what you want. I'm telling you that God's honest truth. This is the word of God. But due to pride and selfishness, we'll push him aside and saying, I'll make it another way. There is but one. And that's through Jesus Christ. I'm, I want him to sing this song. I'm begging you, if I could crawl to you and, and, and pull you by your leg, I would. I'm not going to do that. The drawing of the Holy Spirit, if that's not enough to make you come, I don't know what will be. But I'm telling you, he's dealing with some folks in this place today. Or you watching. Surrender. Surrender to him. Sing it again. We'll be glad to pray with you and agree with you. Answer the why, why you're distracted, and we'll hit it again over time. But it's so that you move your faith from Christ and His finished work to anything else. Standing there, I thought, well, I'm gonna go up there, and I'm gonna get it real quiet, and I'm gonna scream as loud as I can, scared of mess out of people. Can I tell you that if the drawing of the Holy Spirit is not en- enough to pull you, my voice ain't gonna do anything. Now is not the time to be distracted at all. I'll continue tonight. We'll get into Noah. But we're going to go throughout the, I don't know how long, the people that's distracted and what happened. Because you're not the first. I'm not the first. You won't be the last. You're not the only one. It's easy. But we have a mandate from the Lord God Almighty to reach not only those around us, but the world. What do you mean reach the world i mean reach the world because all need to hear all lord i thank you for your word i thank you for the privilege to preach it. lord and i pray that as we go our way that your word continue to pierce our hearts and challenge us lord lord that it not be said of us that we were just here but lord let us hear you say well done thou good and faithful servant god we thank you for the lives that are changed and will be changed, for the souls that will be saved. Lord, we praise you. We pray that we honor you, Lord, not with just our lips, but, Lord, let our lives bring glory to your name. Lord, I thank you. I pray that you keep us. Lord, let us come back together again tonight, ready to worship and receive from you. We honor and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I encourage you to make your way back tonight, 6 o'clock. We'll continue. But uh, be blessed. We'll see you soon.